0: Tear down this wall. From AWOL, this is Rip from the Wall. I'm Maddie Cole. If you've ever been to American University, you'd expect to see what you'd see on any ordinary college campus. We have politics wonks, talented musicians, and an active Greek life. All of these things are what make AU great, but there is a hidden secret that most people don't see that affects many students. So the first question I have for you is do you think that hazing happens on the AU campus? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Not to mention I have like walked in on like weird shit happening before and everyone like turns and looks at you and you're like, okay, what have you walked in on? Like I walked down to a baseball field once and I walked in on a bunch of new like pledges meeting up in the middle of the night in a field which i assume was a hazing event i'm not sure what else it could have been Um, have you seen other forms of hazing on this campus um i've seen being
1: uh kids being forced to run before i've seen people having to pick up coins to like I'm pretty sure they had to, like,
0: smash their knuckles against them or something, but they had to, like, collect coins for their frat. I've seen kids carrying other kids' books and shit. I asked students around campus if they thought hazing happens at AU, and their answers were a clear and concise yes. With a student body of about 8,000 undergrad at a school that doesn't even have a Greek row, why is hazing such a prevalent issue on campus? So, there are 33 fraternities and sororities on campus— this makes up nearly 30% of the undergraduate population. Recently, AU, and specifically the Office of the Dean of Students, has had an increase in events involving hazing in Greek life. In this episode, I talked to students who are involved in Americans' Greek life, as well as members from the school's administration, to determine if Americans' hazing problem is smoke or fire. The university defines hazing as something that can be both physical and psychological. It's an intentional act of initiation into or as a condition of continued membership in a group, club, organization, or team that basically subjects another person to possibly injure, abuse, humiliate, harass, intimidate, or otherwise harm that person. And that's not me talking. That comes directly from the official American University hazing policy. According to this policy, it does not matter if these incidents are voluntary or involuntary. And that's where I think the fuzziness around hazing begins. I often see people make excuses that during their initiation processes they feel that partaking in these activities is fine because they want to be a part of that brotherhood or sisterhood. I've even had friends who say that they've enjoyed some of their hazing activities, but when it's Monday morning and they can't remember what they did that weekend, it's actually pretty concerning. However, AU is strict here in this definition and says that it doesn't matter if you think it's that bad and you want to do it just because it means you can be part of a certain group. Hazing is hazing, and it's not okay. Some recent incidents include cease and desist orders issued to Beta Theta Pi and Chi Omega, two prominent Greek life organizations on campus, as well as Pi Kappa Alpha's recent disciplinary probation order from the Dean of Students' Office. Currently, the university has six Greek life organizations with outstanding conduct violations, which affect their recruitment privileges or social activities. Of those six... Four have been specifically disciplined for hazing new members. After finding out this information, I decided I was going to reach out to members of A's administration. Jarris Williams, from the Dean of Students Office, refused to comment on any issues regarding hazing. However, I was able to speak with Michael Elmore.
2: My title is Senior Director of the University Center and Student Activities. And then the student activities aspect of that includes clubs and organizations Uh, and in specifically fraternity and sorority life, but applicable to all student organizations, uh, there are policies related to hazing, and you've seen the, the university's hazing policy. And so staff that report to me are involved with training and facilitating discussion and educating coaching around these policies.
0: Michael oversees the Student Activity Center, which basically overlooks all student clubs and social groups. We've sort of noticed that American University has had some pretty general issues with hazing. Just going off of that, um, do you think that American University has a unique hazing issue, or do you think that this is something that happens on all college campuses all across the nation?
2: The trending is not that different here than anywhere else, but I would say that our institution has gotten a lot better at identifying situations that require addressing. This is an effort in culture change um, with fraternities and sororities, but I think it's also true um, in athletics. It's also true in some other areas that because this kind of behavior is not new. So I think that it's a more matter of standards being defined and standards being applied. And I think it's more a trend in terms of the institution paying real attention to it and trying to be proactive in working with the campus climate around these things.
0: We'll be right back. Do you care about subversive journalism and want to become a part of AWOL's investigative team? Send an email to awalau@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Whether it's writing for the magazine, doing photography, or podcasting, come be a part of AWAL's team and take your journalism to the next level. And we're back. We left off with information from the Student Activity Center. We had Michael Elmore talking about how hazing is an issue at many universities. It feels like our administration is stepping up and choosing to take action, but the university's policy on hazing is very broad. It can apply to a lot of different instances, which is why I think we see more fraternities and sororities getting in trouble for hazing. These cases can range from binge drinking to not being able to take a shower for a week. The policy covers it all. The repercussions of hazing vary from organization to organization. Most receive a suspension, which means that the group cannot recruit any new members. For instance, the sorority Chi Omega was found responsible for conduct that threatens or endangers the health and safety of any person, as well as hazing. Because of that determination, their recruitment privileges have been suspended until the fall of 2019. By the time they can recruit again, most of the girls currently in the sorority will have already graduated. Chi Omega is considered to be very active in the AU community, and when they received a cease and desist notice, many of the sisters in the sorority were in disagreement with the decision.
1: I think that the Chi Omega that the university is, in quotes, interacting with and punishing is a Chi Omega that doesn't exist anymore. That's Gabby, a sister in Chi Omega. Um, We are an organization that, like, has a past that has, like, had some really serious hazing issues or allegations that, like, never really got um, figured out in front of the university. And they knew that and they were aware of that. And that was, like, seven years ago. And I'm proud of the way that the university handled things. I think there was an instance where it was one person versus an organization of 115 people. Like, you would hope in any situation that it's the university's job to protect and also believe that one person. Over this other giant organization. I think that this is one of those instances where it like isn't really as it seems, and explaining it is really nuanced and unfortunately touches upon a lot of the other stigmas that already exist a little too closely. And once you get close to talking about those stigmas, people kind of like me saying that, like, yeah, we had a real issue with hazing like before I was here. We're a different organization now, and I think that American University really was embarrassed and upset by the fact that they couldn't get us when we were doing it. Um, So they got us when we weren't. And that's really hard. I'm a senior. I feel really bad for the younger girls more than anything else. Um, But, yeah.
0: In my conversation with Gabby, she says that the university should be focusing more on the hazing that goes on with fraternities because it is much, much worse. Now, the problem with frat guys is that they do not want to talk. They are secretive about what happens during their pledge process because if they say too much, they can get into serious trouble. We hear rumors and stories that are pretty concerning and make you question the culture of frat life on campus completely. During my freshman year, the most talked about fraternity on campus was Epsilon Iota. By 2001, the chapter had lost both its national and university recognition, but that wasn't the most notable incident. In 2014 three members of the unrecognized EI chapter attempted to run a student over with a car after he refused to join their frat. By the time I began college in 2016, EI had an established reputation of being a dangerous organization that should be avoided. However, in the summer of 2017, the university finally expelled 18 members of EI. The expulsion ignited widespread support from the student body, and the administration finally could say that they took notable action against hazing. Thankfully, there are organizations that are combating the stigma against Greek life on campus. The fraternity Zeta Beta Tau has standards during their pledging process to prevent against any form of hazing. To avoid hazing, they initiate all of their new members within 72 hours of them getting their bids, and once they're initiated, they have all the rights, privileges, and responsibilities of any brother. This way, no older members can cut anyone from the pledging process, since they don't really have one, so there's no obligation to do any pledge tasks. So what can you do if you encounter hazing? American's Greek Life webpage has an online hazing report form that you can submit. There will be direct links in the description of this episode. In my conversation with Michael Elmore, he turned the tables on me for a minute.
2: My other question for you guys in your reporting that would be worth asking about, Why are students reluctant to report the things that they see? And if so, why? So...
0: I just personally, knowing a lot of people um, who have been hazed in fraternities, they have this sort of sense about them that they have bonded so much with with their brothers through the hazing process and that they are very loyal to their organization Mm -hmm. and they are very, very, very skilled at not talking about it.
2: You know (laughs) students who have been hazed, Mm -hmm. but you haven't reported. So
0: yeah, Um, I mean, I so I think like my thought.
2: I'm not right. (laughs) Keep going. I just I'm interested in this conversation. So
0: my thought throughout the whole thing is I have been under the belief that they need to come forward and and report it, which I might be incorrect in that, Um, but that has been sort of my my thought process through the whole thing is that
2: someone could some could say I'm gonna. Ah, a good, pick on me. No, no, no. You're, you're a podcast host. This is great. But if you guys are, were not around during the time, of but you know the incident, the Rodney King video from way back in the early 90s or police. For, and there was somebody who videotaped that. And there was a Bobcat Goldthwaite in his comedy routine and said, next time, if I'm being beaten up by the cops, put down the camera and try to help me. Well, that's from You know, it's not the same. Sure. But there are plenty of students who would say, this group is hazing. Why doesn't the university do something about it? Well, tell me what you know, and then we can start from there. Mm-hmm. I, but it also means I can understand why, because it means putting some of your friends in a situation that you might not be comfortable doing.
0: We all shrug hazing off. We act like it's not our place to interfere with other people's lives. But there are serious repercussions when it comes to hazing. Last week, I was approached by the president of an organization previously accused of hazing. He heard that I was doing research for this episode, and he told me that he instructed a member of his group to stay away from me. He didn't want their initiation processes to be misconstrued by this podcast. I've got a bit of a problem with that, because it promotes a secretive culture at AU. If these groups are hazing, they are specifically being told not to talk about it. Through this system of secrecy, we allow hazing to exist behind closed doors. And mind you, this organization wasn't even Greek. I think it's important to understand that hazing can take many forms, and it's not always as recognizable as some of the examples we've described. We can't just think about hazing as a scale of not-so-bad to really-bad, even though our intuitions might lead us to assume some forms of hazing are worse than others. Something that sounds not-so-bad, like being forced to attend events late at night, can lead to damaging effects on a student's academic performance, physical health, or mental well-being. Obviously, activities that could lead to physical harm or psychological trauma should be taken seriously, but it's important to remember that hazing is more than just what we see in the movies or what we hear about in the news. We have resources on campus that can help if you see something suspicious. AU's public safety number should be called to handle hazing incidents in progress, and the University Center and Student Activities Online Hazing Report Form should be filed for past incidents. The Wellness Center can also provide counseling services for people who have been a victim of hazing. If you want to schedule an appointment, you can call the Counseling Center. More information can be found in the show notes. We can't stop hazing instantly, but we owe it to the AU community to protect each other. Unfortunately, hazing is a common occurrence. Three in five students fall victim to it while in college. This podcast isn't trying to dismantle Greek life. Even people on our team are in sororities and fraternities. We urge you to take a look at the problems you have with your university's hazing culture, whether you go to AU or not. Figure out how you can make a difference and do it. Written from the Wall is an American University podcast created by AWOL. Our executive producer is Zach Valizzi. Our amazing podcast team is made up of Braden Woodell, Hannah Shows, Katya Podkovarov lewis Lucy Rasher, and Veronica Del Valle. If you have a story you'd like to be told, send an email to awalau at gmail.com, and maybe it will be the next topic of our podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at AWALAU and subscribe to Rip From the Wall on iTunes. I'm Maddie Cole. Thanks for listening.